I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And this is Sisters Take Aside, all about John and Lorena Bobbitt. Okay. Hello. Hi. Well, now you have to tell me. Literally, as I was hitting record, Sarah was like, before we hit record, can we... Well, now I'll have to tell you after we record. <sighs> all right. Well, uh, guys, I'm just on the edge of my seat over here. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's not that exciting. You. You. I know you've already seen it. So. Okay. Now you have it. I will cut this if you want me to. Now you have to tell me. See. Well, no. I'll just tell you after. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna post on Instagram whatever this ends up being. This oh, great news. God. Um. Hi. Hi. Um. I miss you. I miss you too, guys. I have not seen my beautiful kick-ass no. sister in like weeks yeah i know we, and we took last week off recording because like neither one of us could get our lives together and i'm just yeah. like sad like i like listening to our episodes when they drop on thursdays <laughs> i know and we got a very sad text from mike about not having an app to listen to this week so mike guys mike our dad guys. for those of you that are new mike wakes up early on thursday mornings to listen to our show before he like his alarm work. clock I know. That's so nice. That's so nice. I know. Shout out to Mike because actually this case that we're going to cover today, Mike is very familiar with. Um, I mean, I don't know that we need to say it like that. Well, he all, all, when we get to the point in the story, I will note why I said that. Guys, our dad is John Bobbitt. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. We just jumped the gun here. So what if, what if, uh, what if I want to write in and say that I'm John Bobbitt, Sarah, how do I do that? Well, Emily, AKA JW, you could (laughs) do that in one of two ways. You could either find us on Instagram, slide into those DMS at sisters, take aside underscore podcast. Correct. (laughs) Or I get that wrong every time guys. Or you could send us an email, slide in that inbox at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. That reminds me, I should probably check our inbox. I was just going to ask you if you've checked it lately. No, Um, I have not. But, you know, guys, email. Well, listen, you know, you've had a lot of, like, stuff going on. Guys, we don't have time. We don't have time. Okay. Um, Speaking of Instagram... We did like a fun little poll today on whether or not people could guess what case we're recording. We and did. guys, a lot of you were spot on and correct, which I think is funny. And I so I promised you merch. So I actually I don't know. ask you. So what merch are we sending? <laughs> well, I think I'm gonna send people stickers. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So um if I creepily reach out to you and ask you for your address, um I don't be alarmed. And most likely not coming to murder you. I'm trying to send you a sticker. So, yeah. So there we okay. are. Okay. All right. So that's good. To, to, I, yeah. Sorry, my brain just glitched. Did you see that on my face? That my I did. brain just like it wiped. It was completely blank. No one was home. Okay. Anyways, Sarah, what are we doing today? I'm. You know what I'm actually doing is I'm checking our inbox. <laughs> Great. Well, so we are going to be talking today about John and Lorena Bobbitt. So yes. Without like, and guys, please don't dox us. But this yeah. is actually like this kind of happened like almost in our backyard. 
Which, okay, we have said that about literally like 10 different cases on we this have. show. So I want to clarify what we mean by that. Okay. Because we have said this a hundred different times and it has not truly been true. But this is actually literally true. <laughs> but this is, I mean, this, okay, for reference. I think so, you can tell the people that we that we live in Prince William County. Yes. So, okay, yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, last, here we go. So we live in Prince William County. This case happened in Prince William County. Correct. So the hospital that we talk about in this story, our grandfather worked at. Um, That is literally news to me. No, it's not. Okay. (laughs) Which grandfather? Which grandfather worked at a hospital? Oh, that one. <laughs> My brand. <laughs> Guys, I'm just, okay. Um, anyway, so, yep, so that happened. Um, the police officer, a police officer I'm going to mention later in the story, was a good family friend of one of our uncles. Okay, again, that is absolutely <laughs> news to me. What is I happening? I don't know where you've been, but. <sighs> and um, Lorena actually lived across the street from us when we were kids. In the townhouse. Yes, I did. You me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Guys, okay, I have to, I have to stop this. <laughs> Guys, I am checking our email while Sarah's talking, and Which I feel I like, I feel like I'm in, what you know, the, like when you're in those Zoom meetings and you're just like online shopping, you're not paying at all attention, and then the conversation in the meeting gets quiet and you're like, shit, did someone just ask me to like <laughs> report on like, someone, sorry, someone emailed us about the Kyron Horman episode. Oh, fun. Maybe we can read that after we do this. Um, well, maybe. Um, maybe. Great. I, it's very long. And Ella, Great. girl, I'm glad you emailed us, but that's long and I shouldn't be reading that while trying to record. I'm so sorry. No. What is okay. happening? I don't know. <sighs> this is interesting. Okay. Usually so, I'm bringing that type of energy to our recording. I know, but today I am. Guys, I'm barely hanging on. <laughs> you guys, Emily is just... Not kicking, doing great. Well, but you're kicking well, butt. I mean. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah, do we want to? I mean, I again, I just feel like I'm like, here's my social security card number next. But like, yeah, guys, I started a new job this week. Like a, like a big girl, like, like a big, big girl, girl job. Like a big girl job. And I'm, wow. my brain hurts. Um. Anyways. Well, shall <laughs> I begin? <laughs> you can. Yeah, I don't. I was literally just going to like wax poetically about my new job. But why? What? No here for this everyone has turned this off now except mike and our friend ella okay hi guys okay tell us about lorena bobbitt okay promise i'm listening so this is sort of our uh, we're just gonna we're gonna dive right in um are you looking at the notes by any chance we're gonna go balls deep that's the amount of penis jokes that i am prepared to make in this episode it knows no bounds i don't Um, think I, I am not looking our, at our notes, but I will. Did you just Great. type something to me that I you No. Know, I'm know? just looking at the notes and I don't see you in here, so I thought I would <laughs> Oh, I thought so guys, sometimes Sarah and I like type each other like because we have a shared Google document 
when we're doing these episodes and sometimes we type each other like like stop chewing into the mic or like you sound Speak like an louder. idiot <laughs> so i'm like well shit. cut this <laughs> did, she, did she put a note to me now again we're all gonna sit here and wait while emily does something else okay great well i'm just gonna go ahead and get started while you get it together over there how about that <sighs> please because okay all right so in June 1993, Lorena and John Bobbitt made international news when Lorena severed her, severed her husband's penis with a food knife while he was asleep in bed. A this food case, knife? I'm a sorry. Food knife. I as pulled it right out of the article I read. As opposed to a I don't saber? I don't know. Anyway. This okay. case gained notoriety for being one of the most disturbing domestic dispute stories to have ever hit the news at the time. When the story first broke, it was treated very much as a he said, she said case, which we will get into. Like, again, drink every time we said he said versus she said. Mm-hmm. But more on that later. So how did we get here? Let's dive in. So who are we working with here? We're going to start with Dirtbag John Wayne Bobbitt, which like John Wayne. I mean, John that kind Wayne, of says John it all. Wayne of it all. I hate this. I, I, I look at him and I'm like, I hate you. He, he yeah. just, he is just so punchable. Like you look at him and you're like, I could just punch you in your face. Oh, girl, just wait because it, it gets worse. So John, who was born in 1967, grew up in Niagara Falls, New York. Um, it's reported that his father was like completely out of the picture um, mm-hmm. and he was removed from his mother's care at age three. Aww. So John and his two brothers um, who <sighs> were sent to live with a aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, John is actually quoted as saying that he grew up with a large family who attended church every Sunday. So a choir boy, if you will. When he was of age, John enlisted in the Marines because a bunch of his friends were also enlisting. I can hear Liz right now saying, if all of your friends were jumping off a bridge, (laughs) would you jump off a bridge too? Yes, Liz, I would. Okay. So now let's look at Lorena. So Lorena, who was born in 1969, is originally from Ecuador, but she was raised in Venezuela. Um, She's reported to have watched a lot of American television as a child. Girl, me too. Um, Right? Like, I'm just picturing her watching, like, Arthur, like, you know, Arthur and DW, like. Okay, um, except that, I'm sorry, she's our parent age. Yeah. Oh, true, 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 true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so maybe not Arthur, but. um, So, yeah, she watched a lot of American television as a child, uh, stating that she had always wanted to, or she had always dreamed of living the American dream. Mm-hmm. Lorena eventually came to the uh, the United States on a student visa and enrolled at Northern Virginia Community College. Okay, let me stop you for a second. What brought her to Northern Virginia specifically? Do you know? That's a, you know what? That's a great question. I wish I knew. Um, I don't Interesting. know. I mean, obviously, this is like a a very diverse. I mean, like this is, she's not the first person to like move from another country to Northern Virginia, right? Um, but that's interesting. And yeah, yeah, Northern Virginia Community College is just like down yonder. Down the street. <laughs> I Actually, I think our friend Sarah took some classes at Northern Virginia Community mm, College. She did because she wasn't good at math in high school. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so our two main characters here actually eventually meet in late 1988. So John, who was still enlisted as a Marine, met Lorena at a Marine Corps officer's ball during a singles night event. Which, okay. and this is probably a question for our John, but, like, if he was enlisted, how was he at an officer's event? You can be 
an officer and be enlisted. I mean, you can be True. promoted through the right. What are you talking? Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Uh, anyway. And I guess um, I want to say for the record, our John is not John. Like Sarah said, our John as in our brother, John, not fucking dirtbag John Wayne Bob. <laughs> He's not our John. No. I didn't know that needed to be explained to my bad. Well, because I feel like sometimes we talk about our family members, like, we're just talking Everyone to one another. Them. Yeah. It's like, who yeah. the fuck is John? Is that one of Emily's little children running around? Like, what's happening? Fair. There's I mean, a lot of us. Sometimes he is. Um, so anyway, according to uh, John Wayne Bobbitt, Lorena was shy and didn't speak much English. It's an endearing mm. description, J.W. He seems like the kind of guy who would appreciate a woman that couldn't communicate very well with him. Well, yeah. Both John and Lorena reportedly had immediate chemistry and started dating very shortly after this little meet cute. Okay. So speaking of shortly, John and Lorena only dated for nine months before they got married. Listen, love is love. I'm not going to say like. I mean, that's basically whatever. how long Tom and I were dating but like i'm like this feels like a very short amount of time to me but um then this is sort of where like our first case of you know he said she said drink begins Mm -hmm. so according to lorena john proposed to her but according to john lorena oh wait okay but according to okay so according to to lorena i keep wanting to call her lena according to lorena john proposed to her but according to John, Lorena proposed to him with her mother present. I just, this is, okay. Okay, great. The variance in stories continues. So Lorena states that they got married because they were in love. John, however, states that their marriage was rushed because Lorena's student visa was expiring and she wanted to stay in America. So HR Sarah, just stepping in here, this Please. could very easily be proved or disproved if we knew when Lorena came to the U.S. and how much time she had on her visa. If it was a student visa, she also still would have had to have been in school. So this whole visa thing to me, like, has a lot of holes in it. It's a very small detail okay. story, but, like, uh-huh. I don't know. John, I don't know how much I believe you there. I mean, I don't – well, I guess to play devil's advocate, I mean, I think that's a pretty common reason to get married, though. Sure. Don't you? I mean – Yeah, but, like, as we get go through this story, like uh, – yeah. Guys, Let's I am not a John it. Wayne apologist. I'm just saying, like, I just so, and I guess I think like sometimes people have a lot of reasons to get married that include being in love, but also include like really practical matters. Like again, like I don't know why I keep talking about Tom and I. Like, this is a terrible story about two people that are married to one another. But like you know, Tom and I obviously are in love and we got married. But like a big part of it was like he wanted to get on my health insurance because I was working for the state at the time. Like, <laughs> like right? Like sometimes right. you can have multiple. As you like to say, multiple things can be multiple true at once. Multiple things can be true at once. Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. I'm just saying, like, John will have a lot of holes in almost every story he tells. And I think this is just, like, another example of, like, where's the truth really here? Right. Anyway, I, I digress. So John and Lorena were married on June 18th, 1989. The ceremony was small and it was done by a justice of the peace. Mazel, congratulations. Great. Okay. This is where things start to get a little tough, so I am going to just give, like, a quick trigger warning here for domestic abuse, um, assault, all of – all that good stuff. Terrible stuff. Um, So Lorena claims that the marital abuse started basically right away. Um, Mm -hmm. One month into their marriage, 
Lorena claims that the two of them were driving in the car when John started driving like a maniac. Again, welcome to Northern Virginia. Everyone here drives like maniacs. That's true. Lorena asked him to stop because it was scaring her. He was like zigzagging all over the road, right? So she attempted to try and straighten the car by placing her hands on the steering wheel. And this is when John allegedly punches her for the first time. Oh my um, God. I'm going to take this opportunity to point out that John, no matter who he is talking to, has always maintained that he never actually, and this is a direct quote, harmed, raped, or forcefully put his hands on Lorena. He claims that he has restrained Lorena oh, Jesus. when she would fight him. But he has always maintained his innocence in attacking or assaulting her, further lending credence to the kind of he said, she said theory here. Okay. Again, I just have to stop you there and say, if you are in a relationship where you have to come out and say, well, I have never harmed, raped, or forcefully put my hands on that person. Right? Like. Oh, but I did. I did restrain her. Like, oh my God. I I like feel like sick to my stomach like that. Like. Yeah. John. And again, like. God. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Okay. So in 1991, John is reportedly discharged from the Marines. It's unclear why John was discharged. I actually tried to look into this. Um, it's unclear why, but uh-huh. in a little in a little bit, I'm going to kind of bring this back up. So we'll get back to this. Um, so this means that there was no steady paycheck coming in on John's end, right? John you know, then kind of starts having trouble finding and keeping a job, meaning that uh, Lorena was left to be sort of the sole provider for their household. And what was she doing at the time? So she reportedly worked as a nanny and a manicurist at a local salon. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So she actually becomes quite close with the owner, Jana. Um, We'll kind of circle back around to her. Jana is a little problematic in her own right, but is this a part where you tell me Lorena Bobbitt was our nanny? <laughs> I don't think so. Remember that um, the woman that we used to foster from, her daughter used to babysit us. Brianna, I think her name I, was. Yeah, okay. I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Um, so between 1991 and 1993, John and Lorena's marriage just continues to, de- to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Money's really tight. Um, Lorena allegedly at one point started embezzling money from the nail salon that she worked at. Oh, wow. So our friend Jana, like, caught on pretty quickly and was like, listen, just pay back the money. It was like, it was like 17 grand, I think. Seven grand? 17 grand? I can't can't (laughs) remember. There's a seven in there somewhere. Okay, great. So she was like, listen, like, just pay me back the money. You're going to pay it back with interest, but you can keep your job. So, great. Um, Additionally, at some point in late 1999, Lorena actually becomes pregnant. I'm not trying to hear this. Yeah. So Lorena reported by all accounts was, you know, she really wanted to start a family. Um, she'll, she'll go on at one point to say that like with her being pregnant, she kind of thought like the abuse would start to like lessen or completely stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She reports, Lorena reports that when she told John, you know, this big news, he was like really less than thrilled about it. So much so that he told her he didn't think he could care for a child and he would leave Lorena if she had the baby. Hmm. Lorena, who didn't want to raise a child on her own, claimed that John was the one who suggested that she get an abortion. According to John, it was a mutual decision between himself and Lorena that they weren't ready to be parents and agreed that this was not the right time for them to have a baby. 
and that the abortion decision was a decision they made together. Again, Mm -hmm. he said, she said, you know. Well, what do you think? Um, I think, I think it's, I think it's probably both. I think John said, we're not having a baby. This is like, absolutely not. And I think Lorena probably went along with it because although she really wanted to have a family, like what would he do to her if Mm -hmm. she didn't do what he said? Yeah. I think, I think, I think this is another form of abuse. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man. So let's get to the whole incident of it all. So John reports um, that he was actually the one who brought up the idea of divorce multiple times to Lorena and that just the idea of a divorce made Lorena upset. But this is actually kind of disproven because um, Lorena had actually talked to a a lawyer um, about getting a divorce from John. Oh, Um, At one point, and it wasn't clear in the research I did, so I didn't put it in my notes, but like at one point, um, John like found the papers that she was going to file, you know, in order to get a divorce and like threatened her immigration status. As I was about to ask you, I'm like, well, how does that play into her? Yeah. Right. So like that was something else that he was kind of like lording over her, if you will. Yeah. Uh, So, but Lorena, who like, you know, is terrified of John after suffering like all of these years of abuse decides, you know, she's going to go to the police for help. So on June 22nd, 1993, the day before all of this happened, she actually went to a local police station with the hopes of taking out a protective order against John. Wow. She was, yeah, she was told at the police station it would take three hours to process her request, which like <laughs> local police do better. And Lorena ended up leaving before her request was completed. Wow. The following day, June 23rd, 1993, John had a friend coming to stay at he and Lorena's Manassas, Virginia home. Like, hey, Manassas. Manassas. <laughs> Break down the street. Hey, Um, Lorena reports that John and this said friend went out drinking for the night. Lorena, Lorena did not go with them. When John came home, Lorena reports that John raped her before falling asleep. Mm. According to John, he has no recollection of this. He reports, he vaguely recalls some like heavy petting, which, ew. And then, but no other sexual acts happened. That's according to John. Okay. Okay. John, who hasn't told the truth about literally anything. Literally his anything. entire story the whole time. Okay, Correct. Great. As Lorena states, after John allegedly assaults her, she goes down to the kitchen to get some water. This is where she found the kitchen knife sitting next to the sink. She picked it up, returned to their bedroom, sliced John's penis off. Because John and his friend had been out drinking, he was in a drunken slumber and didn't realize or didn't feel what was happening until it was over and he was laying in a pool of his own blood in his bed. I'm going to pause here. He didn't feel his penis being cut off. Explain it to me because I don't understand that. Tell what kind of fucking quaaludes was this guy on? Can I? That's what I'm saying. Feel that? What shitty Prince William County bar was he drinking at that served some drink? (laughs) Great question, actually. Was it the local cheeseburger in Paris, perhaps? <laughs> like, I, wow. Okay. I Yeah. All right. But see, again, like, I don't believe a word he is saying. So even him being like, I didn't even feel it. I'm like, okay, bro. Cool. Like, well, funny you should say that because, like, when detective, when detective, 
detectives eventually <laughs> make it like to the to the home to do like an investigation. There is mm-hmm. like a butt imprint in blood in his bed, meaning like oh, he so sat he literally there. was just sitting there. Yes. Ew. Explain. I don't understand. Anyway, so Lorena left their home, penis in hand, and started driving. Eventually. Of course, it became too hard for her to drive while also holding her husband's severed penis in her hand. So she threw it out the window. What? Drove to her boss's house where she told Jana the entire story. Meanwhile, John, I didn't feel my penis being cut off Bobbit, realizes what Lorena has done, promptly kicks his sleeping friend awake, and has the friend drive him to the hospital. Can you even um, can you even imagine you're that friend? And someone's like, someone's like, oh, dude, what? dude, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. What a nightmare! I mean, wow. Like we've had some rough nights out from drinking, but at least we've never been woken up by a friend who's like, my reproductive organ has been cut off my body. Yes. So for all of our penis having listeners who are clutching their groin right now, I will make this very short and sweet. I would insert. A penis joke here, but I just literally cannot. <laughs> John's penis was eventually found in a field by police officers and eventually reattached after a nine and a half hour surgery. Everyone can take a very deep breath now. Um, this is um, this is I mean, well, okay, hold on. Was that like that? I mean, that so 1993 they reattached his penis. Is that like considered like cutting yeah. edge medical science at the time? Yeah, or... what was so, like, <laughs> there's actually a documentary because, of course, there is on Amazon Prime. Um, I think it's like a four-part docu-series. Uh-huh. Um, and the doctor is actually interviewed. And he's like very proud of himself for, I mean, like, yeah. for doing this. Because it was still, it was like, you know, kind of unheard okay. of at the time. Okay. Isn't that All crazy? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is kind of where like our little family fun fact comes in. So a family friend of our uncle's um was actually the police officer or emt i can't remember who found the, the penis and transported it to the hospital um okay a little lol fact here so the person who found the penis did not want to touch it with their hands so they popped into the 7-eleven across the street grabbed a hot dog container put the penis in that to transport it to the hospital <laughs> prince william hospital which is where our grandfather worked but not at the time not at this time, yeah not yeah okay well so that's our claim to fame um i have driven by the lorena bobbitt field and yes yes there's a really good brewery out there yes (laughs) yes oh that's so funny um okay so now that we're all breathing again we're not clutching ourselves let's continue so lorena was arrested and charged with malicious wounding on the night of june 23rd um, if found guilty, she was facing up to 20 years in prison. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, she could have killed. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but she could have killed him. I mean, that's, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be cutting off people's body parts with knives. I mean, I, you know. I guess, but 20 years. Wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> When Lorena was arrested, she did report the rape and assault that had occurred earlier that evening. So, Mm. and charges were actually brought against John. So that kind of takes us to like the trial phase of this whole story. So before we get into that, I just want to mention here that like, so this trial, it was, it was like crazy. I don't know. We were too young to remember, but like 
I remember from the documentary and I, guys, please be proud. I didn't actually watch the documentary for this. Um, I've seen like clips of the documentary, but I didn't uh-huh. watch the full thing. So pat on my back for not following my usual for typical, not I'm going to watch really researching this episode. Okay, great. Correct. Um, <laughs> but so like the trial was crazy. So, you know, it was this whole, like they, they tried to paint Lorena as this like angry Latino woman who like went after her man, like all this crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, like it, they just turned it into like something that it wasn't. Um, which is like just wild. Like, ugh, I don't know. That kind of like irritates me because I feel like it takes away from oh, 100%. the actual points of like what's going on here. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's racist and it's like, yeah. you know, and she sexist. Yeah. yeah 100%. It's just terrible. So John was actually tried first for marital sexual assault. His trial began November 8th, 1993 and was over November 10th, 1993. He was found not guilty. I am not wasting any more time on him. Lorena's trial was up next and it was brutal. The trial revealed intimate details of the Bobbitt's volatile relationship and highlighted in a technicolor every single event that led up to the assault. Yeah. Lorena stated during her trial that John sexually, physically, and emotionally abused her during their marriage, claiming that he would openly taunt and flaunt his multiple infidelities and extramarital affairs to her. Um, among, like, she, I mean, she had to go into, like, graphic detail. That's awful. About, like, all of the assaults that he would, you know, against her. Yeah. Um, and, like, her attorney couldn't, like, help her. Right. right. While she, because she actually ends up testifying. Like she takes the stand. Wow. That's so brave. Defense. Right. And again, like, you know, English is not her first language. It's not She's her not first language. From this right. country. She's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Like that's so yeah. brave for her to And do she that. had to like, you know, and, and it's like, if her attorney tried to help her at any point, it would be leading a witness. Right. Like, right. I mean, she had to do that essentially all on her own. Like, well, I don't know. I love I, you, girl. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah. Um, so uh, Lorena's defense attorneys continued to maintain throughout her trial that John's constant abuse caused Lorena to snap because she was suffering PTSD due to the abuse. This is sort of where we bring back the Marine thing. So mm-hmm. um, her attorney subpoenaed records from the Quantico Marine Base Family Advocacy Case Review Committee. Specifically, a document from that was dated December 1990, stating that the committee determined that Bobbitt physically abused his wife in the late 1990s. And this was an established, this is established as physical abuse of Mrs. Bobbitt by Lance Corporal Bobbitt. Do you think think that's supposed to be the late 1980s? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Because, I, no, because I mean, I mean, if it was from because this all happened in 1993, he was discharged from the military in the 80s. In 91, he was discharged in 1991. Yeah, so how could it be determined that he physically abused his wife in the late 1990s? Late 1990, <laughs> the year 1990. Oh. <laughs> I just watched your brain spin out of control. The worst part is, uh, like, I got her. <laughs> I got her. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry. I just could That's you okay. maybe just mute my mic for the rest of this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm contributing nothing to this conversation. But it's fine. Um so this is obviously not a good look for It's not good for our guy John. Our guy John. Um but, you know, it's it's painting this picture of like there's documented instances of abuse here, right? Mhm. John denied the allegations of abuse during his trial and Lorena's trial, but interestingly enough, maybe not really, when he was cross-examined by Lorena's attorney, his statements often conflicted with, like, well-established and known facts, which severely weakened the, weakened the prosecution's case, Of obviously. course he did, because he's an idiot, in yeah. addition to being a jackass. Yeah. Um. So, again, this trial, like... You know, Lorena had to testify, like, in horrifying detail about everything that, you know, she had suffered um, on multiple occasions prior to the evening of the incident. She also had to testify to their lack of financial stability, the threats that he would make, that John would make to her citizenship status um, whenever she would attempt to leave, that no matter what, he would find her. He would have sex with her whenever he wanted. I mean, just like Ugh. awful, awful shit, right? Both the prosecution and the defense pointed out that John had a demonstrated history of abuse towards his wife and that this abuse created a context for the assault on him. Mm-hmm. An expert witness actually for both sides testified during Lorena's trial that John had mentally and physically battered her the abuse was escalating, escalating, and by 1993, Lorena lived in constant fear of him. So hmm. battered, that word battered. This is sort of when the idea of like battered, battered woman syndrome right. kind of comes into play here. Um, I think they tried to introduce it in Lorena's trial, but like it was, there wasn't enough study done on like, on that as a syndrome, if, if that was something that was like recognized by like the field there but that's sort of where this kind of starts right yeah yeah um Lorena's defense was essentially built on emphasizing Lorena's action as a mix of self-defense and temporary insanity creating an irresistible impulse so -hmm. after seven hours of deliberation on January 22nd 1994 Lorena was found not guilty due to temporary insanity under state law, the judge ordered Lorena to undergo a 45-day evaluation period at Central State Hospital in Petersburg. Upon her release from Central Central State, Lorena promptly filed for divorce from John. Thank God. Bye. So, um, Interesting. Yeah. So what do you think? So I'll give you like a little bit of like where they are now um, <sighs> and a little bit of a call to action. But what do you okay. think about this? I mean, I think... I think the fact that John served not a day for what he did to Lorena is right? just like a failure of the justice system. I hate that so much. I think I think Lorena's punishment seems just to me that she served 45 days in, you know, a health care setting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think she obviously needed mental health care. I think that's reasonable. Um, I think... I mean, the whole, like, you know, not guilty by reason of insanity, I think is really important that that 
I want to call it a loophole, I guess. So that loophole mm-hmm. exists in our justice system because for this exact reason, I think sometimes people are driven to really extreme measures because of mental illness or because of like mental abuse, emotional abuse. And like, that seems fair and just to me. So like, I actually think in the end, like Lorena's treatment seems fair to me. I mean, she did maliciously wound another human being. Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't think it's a case where she should have just been like, all right, well, see you later. Don't do that again. Um, yeah. I mean, do I wish John had served some time for this? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm going to tell you what he's been up to since and it's going to make you like insane. I hope you tell me he's in jail. <laughs> um, So John's not in jail. He actually went Ugh. on to be a short-lived porn star. I do remember hearing about that. It's disgusting. His first video re- was released in 1994. It was called John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut. I just threw up. His second video was released no. in 1996, which and it was called Franken Penis. Like, what? make it stop. I want to Google that right now, but I don't. Please don't. To. Please, dear God, don't. <laughs> um, in between both of these movies, John mm-hmm. was actually charged with misdemeanor domestic battery against oh. his girlfriend at the time. He served 12 days of a 15-day sentence. Jesus. If you're wondering why the world needed two John Wayne Bobbitt uh, pornos, of course you're wondering that. He actually accepted he accepted from um, an offer from Howard Stern, of course, um, for reconstructive plastic surgery to enlarge his penis even further. Tell what? me you have small dick energy without actually telling me you have small dick energy i mean uh, okay why would you go and have another surgery on your penis after great question having... and it was actually botched by the way Ooh, good yeah um if anyone deserves that it's him good i know by the end of the 1990s john had quite the rap sheet um many of them assault and batteries so in 1999 he did plead guilty to a felony charge of attempted grand larceny And that same year, he was found guilty of harassing an ex-girlfriend. In 2002, he was charged with battering his third wife, but eventually was found not guilty. Oh, my God. So, great. Okay, so what is he doing now? Is he he still I don't know. I had to stop there. I had to stop there. No, he moved out to Las Vegas where, like, all of this. That's where he belongs. Good. I... No. I mean, okay, so he's a serial abuse. I'm sorry, but, like, okay, allegedly, whatever. He's yes. abusive. He hates women. He has women. a demonstrated history of abuse against women. Yeah. I, okay. And he got his penis cut off. The worst thing you could ever do to a man. Whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. So okay. our girl Lorena had a much better post-cutting life. So she eventually <laughs> went back to community college where she Aww. met her partner, Dave Ballinger. Um, the two have been together for over 20 or so years. Um, they didn't, yeah, they didn't ever get married, but they do have a daughter together. So she did Lorena. can have her. Yeah. Girl, yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, Lorena, yeah. if you're listening to this, call us. We'll go get drinks. So in 2007, Lorena actually started Lorena's Red Wagon Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. In 2018, it was later reformed to the Lorena Gallo Foundation. Gallo is her maiden name. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps domestic abuse survivors. I actually included a link to her website oh, good. Um, in the show notes in case anyone wants to go check it out. 
Um, by all reports, she, I mean, she's been a keynote speaker at several universities. She's done mm-hmm. great work for Prince William County. Um, and I'm going to leave you with a statistic from her website that I found heartbreaking, but like, if we can end this on sort of a, a maybe a call to action or I don't know, yeah. but you're much better at those kinds of things than I am. <laughs> Um, 31.3% of Virginia women experience intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner rape, and or intimate partner stalking in their lifetime. In Manassas and Manassas Park, the two largest cities in Prince William County, which is the community which the LGF LGF Mm -hmm. is located, violent deaths from domestic violence almost doubled from 2018 to 2019. Despite this increase, there is only one domestic violence shelter with a total of 18 beds that's available in the county to provide safety from abuse for survivors and their families. Oh, man. So, um, oh, if guys, you want to – Yeah, maybe go yeah, check it you, out. I, I pulled up their website now. Yeah. Um, I think – I as a call to action, Sarah, right now, I I am going to make a donation in the name of our podcast to love that. the Lorena Gallo Foundation. Um, yeah, that feels yeah. like the right thing to do. I will do so, that today. That's my that's that's all I have. So I guess like this one's kind of not really like a sister stick aside because I think we both kind of like come down on the same side. And I know we've talked about it a little bit already, but like. The whole insanity defense, I I think I agree with you. I think having that, um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because, like, in the instances like this where you want it to work, yeah, it's great. But then in the instances where it's, like, you know, a Ted Bundy type who is, like, oh, well, I go into a catatonic state and wind up, like, killing people. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't love it then. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of, like, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think we have to be careful with it. But, like, what do you think? I mean, as well, a whole, what do, you, well, what do you think of the insanity defense? I mean, I think it has to be there because I think I think there are people that commit crimes because they have a mental illness. And I honestly, I think far more people than we are willing to recognize commit crimes for that reason. And again, like, there's a difference between insanity and mental illness. Like, don't come at me about that. I understand that. But... I do think that there that there is a threshold of we cannot hold someone legally responsible for their actions when they're not in control of their own actions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that, like, if someone was driving a car and had a seizure, right, and they hit and killed someone, they shouldn't be held criminally responsible for that. That's a – right? I kind of see it in that same way. But – but as far as like determining what that threshold should be, like that feels really tricky and like really yeah. hard. But isn't there, I mean, isn't that, and uh, this makes me like a bad, but isn't there like manslaughter versus mm-hmm. like, yes. Aren't there or, like great, like in, involuntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, right? Like, wouldn't that come down? So I I hear what you're saying where like, yes, I think it has to be taken into consideration, but. Wouldn't that come more in, like, sentencing than it would? Mm. I mean, yeah, but, like, just the idea of, like, can you be held criminally responsible for something that, like, you weren't responsible? You know what I mean? That, like, you didn't knowingly do. Like, it's the idea of, like, if you don't have the mens rea, the guilty mind, 
that, you know, according to our justice system, that is an element of a crime. If you don't have the mens rea, you can't be, and that's kind of what is rooted in this insanity defense, right? Is that people who are, you know, quote unquote, legally defined as quote unquote insane, they lack the mens rea. So they, so it's like they never committed a crime because you have to have that guilty mind in order to commit a crime. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's applicable here? See, it's interesting to me because it's not, and like, maybe this is just because this was the nineties where like now I feel like if I was her argue, her lawyer, I would argue self-defense as opposed to insanity. Even though it was after the attack? Yeah, because he raped her. She went down to the kitchen. She got a knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's like, was he presenting a real and present danger to her right there in that moment? I mean, see, and that's where it gets, like, it's, tricky. Right? That's where it gets, like, tricky. Yeah. 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 Although I, I know, think, you, yeah, I mean, think? I think self-defense isn't a bad idea, but I think you can only make that case by bringing in the fact that, like, she had suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered. And, like, that like this was well, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like, you have to. And then and order- that brings you back to the PTSD, which is the mental right. health. Can, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's tricky. I Do you think yeah, she should have served time in jail? No, I think her going to get mental health, you know, to be evaluated and and be deemed not a threat to herself or others was important. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, the thing is, like, I don't know if I would feel differently. Like, yeah, no, I, th- I think I think I think that was right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there you have it. There you have it. That's, uh, yeah. Sisters take a side on Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt and shitbag. Our previous neighbor. Our previous neighbor. Jesus. (laughs) Nice work, my friend. That was an interesting one. Thanks. Yeah, I am. I'm like, know, I'm, I'm perusing her website. She, her foundation has a really nice website. Yeah, it's be- it's a beautiful website, um, and the work they're doing, the work they're doing is, yeah, fantastic. She's so cute. So. She looks, she, she looks good. She looks mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that cool. is what I have for you. Um, I do have a listener question for this week. Give me the listener question. Tell me everything. Okay. So we actually got this on Instagram. Um, If you want to send in a question that we cover on the podcast, um, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either find us on Instagram at sisters take a side underscore podcast, or you can send us an email, which Emily diligently checks as she proved at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) You can reach us by email at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. So Emily, listener question for the week. Loving the podcast, ladies. Just curious, how do you decide on cases that you want to cover? Do you usually run the topic by each other or do you just like Mm -hmm. to surprise one another? How does that work? (laughs) 
great question. I think I kind of actually alluded to this in the Chiron Horman episode, but what like my best gauge is if like I hear about a case and then I want to go talk to like Tom or someone else about it (laughs) and they give me like the cold shoulder of like, I don't want to hear about this. And I'm like, okay, I need to go talk to Sarah about this. Right. And then I know it's good for the podcast. That's usually how I do it. Um, you know, we get a lot of ideas from like other podcasts, uh-huh. you just like topics, not that we're like stealing other people's shit, but like, um, yeah, other, sometimes I like to send Sarah those, like, you know, those like Buzzfeed articles where it's like 10 most <laughs> chilling true crime cases. Sometimes I send those to Sarah and sometimes we get like wacky yeah. ones from there. Um, and I actually think it's more fun to surprise you with the topic. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I use I use uh, the walk test. So if I come across something that like I want to talk to you about when we walk, um, then I usually know it's pretty good for the pod. So I try yeah. and save it. Um, I could talk about true crime literally all day, every day with anyone who would listen. So. Um, Normally, Emily has heard about it because she likes to do the same, but it is sometimes fun, like, bringing you something you haven't heard before. Yes. Yeah. I guess I would say most often we know, like, even if it's just, like, we text each other and be like, hey, I'm going to cover this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we'll run, run it by each other just to, to gauge. I feel like I need a good one for next week. I need one that I'm, like, super jazzed to research. Okay. Give me I'm some, sure we can find one. Give me some hints. Um, why don't you do, like, SeaWorld? SeaWorld's got to have some true crime in there somewhere. Guys, you're not ready for my SeaWorld soapbox. For sure not. You're not, you're not ready for that. It could be Ooh. good, though. Royal Family? Ooh, they've been in the news recently. Um, speaking of which, I'm shocked you didn't start this episode episode by shouting about your best friend, Vandersloot. Vandersloot. Guys, the swift arm of justice is coming for our guy Vandersloot. Swift. Well, actually, yeah. (laughs) Strong arm of justice then. The snail paced Um, arm of justice. Yeah, no, no, that's true. Um, Vandersloot, who, if you remember, is the dirtbag who most definitely probably killed Natalie Holloway, um, is finally being extradited back to the United States to face charges of um, extortion for when he, oh God, when he did that horrible, shitty thing to Natalie's family and said, if you pay me $25,000, I'll tell you where her body is. Just like fucking disgusting. So Vandersloot, bye. Get out of here, man. Any other true crime news? I don't think so. Okay. Um, me slurping my iced coffee into this microphone is basically a true crime. So there That's you go. That's a true crime. Yeah. I would love an oh. iced coffee right now. You want to come over for an iced coffee? I would love to, but... But you got stuff to do. Okay. I do. I'm sorry. Okay. Otherwise, I totally would. Well, take us out then, my friend. All right. Well, this is Sarah. And this is Emily. And this is Sisters Take a Side. Bye.